Ah, relaxing on the couch with a glass of red. Or listening to the footy with Bourbon and the boys. Whatever your style, having a night in is more enjoyable with celebrations. Helping you celebrate. You're listening to Miranda Live. I'm Miranda Devine coming to you live from the Daily Telegraph newsroom in Sydney. And you heard it there, New South Wales Police Commissioner Mick Fuller. He says he wants justice for Lynn Dawson and he has admitted that police did, quote, drop the ball on that case in the early 1980s after Lynette Dawson went missing. And also Commissioner Fuller said he would be happy to do another dig of the garden at the former Dawson home to search for a body that might be buried near the swimming pool there as long as it didn't compromise any future prosecution. But Mick Fuller said that police have already conducted two digs in 2000 and 2016 as well as four inspections with ground-penetrating radar in 1990, 1991, 99, and again in 2016 of that backyard. And they brought in a burial site expert in 2015 and cadaver dogs. So there may be nothing more to find, but the New South Wales DPP is considering if there is enough fresh evidence now to launch a prosecution into the suspected murder of Lynette Dawson. And we also hear that there may be a police strike force set up to investigate allegations that Dawson, that's Christopher Dawson, and as many as six teachers on the northern beaches were preying on their schoolgirl charges for sex during the 1980s. And the next episode of Headley Thomas's riveting Teacher's Pet podcast series will be out tomorrow night, and he tells me that we'll hear a lot more from Chris and Lynn Dawson's daughter, who was just four years old when her mother disappeared in 1982. You're listening to Miranda Live, and... And, well, it's another major new race is heading for Sydney with the $1.3 million Kosciuszko announced for Everest Day at Royal Randwick. It is the world's richest country race, which means that only New South Wales country-trained horses can run. New South Wales Racing has also announced it is boosting its annual prize money. And with those great scoops is the Daily Telegraph's racing editor, Ray Thomas, joining us in the studio now. Hi, Ray. Good afternoon, Miranda. What amazing news. This is really rich pickings. Oh, it's massive. Well, overall prize money goes up $24 million per annum to over $260 million distributed across New South Wales racing in one season. That's extraordinary given that just seven years ago, racing was flatlining with total prize money of $130 million. So it has doubled in seven years. And I think it's reflective of the sport in general in this state. It is just going gangbusters at the moment. And as you mentioned, Miranda, that the new race, the Kosciuszko, is just yet another massive boost for New South Wales, in this case, country racing. Where's the money coming from? Well, the Kosciuszko is interesting because it's going to be raised from a sweepstake, which is extraordinary. I've never heard of this happen anywhere else in the world before. So in theory, you or I can enter this sweepstakes, like a, a lottery-type mm. thing, cost $5 to enter the Kosciuszko slot, so to speak, as distinct for $600,000 to buy a slot in the Everest. So for $5, and if we're one of the lucky 12 who then gets picked from that sweepstake on September 14, you will then have the opportunity to negotiate with the best 
um, horse or the, the owners of the best horses in New South Wales country racing and share the prize money on Kosciuszko really? Day. It's an amazing concept. Yeah. So you will own one of those slots, one of yes. those barriers, number That's, one to 12 or whatever well, it is. a starting position, starting probably position. the be- better way to put it. Right. And then because you own that starting position, you're in a very, very good position because all the trainers and owners of the best country horses <laughs> want to run on the Kosciuszko, so they'll be desperate to get to know you. And... <laughs> And then how you work Lunches, out. Lunches, Exactly, yeah. Invitations and then, to the stable. And then you negotiate, a bit like the Everest, you negotiate the prize money share Brilliant. and come to an agreement. So in essence, for $5 or a cup of coffee, so to speak, you, you could potentially be racing in an event worth $1.3 million. Wow. Mm. So does this mean that uh, that New South Wales is going to be rivalling uh, Victoria, and particularly the Melbourne Cup is the sort of iconic race, yeah. are we going to beat them at their own game? A lot is made. A lot of is made of that competition, mm. but I'm not really one into that sort of thing. But for bare statistics, New South Wales, the Melbourne Cup is a Melbourne Cup, Miranda, and it doesn't matter what happens. Not in my lifetime, mm. we won't have a race that resonates around the country like the Melbourne Cup. We does. can't have a Sydney Cup. Um, I think the Everest might be our race. Right. You can't buy tradition, but what the Everest has done in its very short life has been extraordinary. It's only its second year and it's already creating headlines around the world. So that's our race. And I think mm. in 10 years' time, when it's built its own little tradition, perhaps maybe it could compare it to the Melbourne Cup. But where New South Wales racing is now going ahead in leaps and bounds, so to speak, that total prize money figure is over $260 million, as I mentioned earlier, distributed amongst all the racing across New South Wales in one season. That compares to $228 million in Victoria, and they receive a lot more um, gaming, uh, gambling revenue for, uh, through taxes than the New South Wales industry does. So I don't know how racing New South Wales does it, but they make that dollar stretch a long, long way, and that lead in terms of the prize money war, at the very least, is now quite a distant one in favour of New South Wales. And is that um, a good thing just for the racing industry or does it have a kick-on effect to the rest of the industry? Well, it, it does. and it, without, the economy. Yeah, yeah, without getting too technical, just for instance in New South Wales racing, they're racing now for more prize money across the three tiers of racing, the city, the provincial and the country than anywhere else in, in Australia. So in theory, and I'm certain in practice, what will, will happen here in, in the years to come more owners will be saying to their trainers, why isn't my horse running in New South Wales? Mm. You'll see more horses come from Victoria, more come from, from Queensland in particular to race here. That will boost field sizes, which then um, makes punting more interesting for the punter because they get better value because there's bigger fields, more chances. That increases turnover, which in turn increases returns to government, which can be spent on hospitals, schools, roads, etc. So... Uh, I sound like a politician, but it, <laughs> it, it is a win-win for the, the state, but particularly the sport. But yeah. it is a love for you too. Um, you've been yeah, in, no. in, in the industry or you know, writing about the industry for how long? I'm giving my age away now, Miranda. <laughs> uh, going on almost 30 years, 28 years, 24 in the Telegraph, almost 30 years all up now. And, and you keep trainer hours? Sadly, yeah. It shows, doesn't it, on the lines on the face. But no, I, I guess it's like a lot of people who get into racing, it's it's a love of the sport, mm. love of the animal. You sort of get mixed up in it, but no doubt you do in your job. And I don't think journalists ever keep normal hours, do they? No, so that's right. We just do our best. And there's something about horses that is so magic. Oh, yeah. And have you seen over that time? Have you seen the the change? What have the changes been in that industry? Well, just for an example, in 2007, when the race fields legislation case was going through the courts, New, racing New South Wales lost round one. 
Now, that almost sounded like the death knell of the sport in this state mm. because it was costing the industry an absolute fortune to appeal this case and try and get what they believe was a deserved return for the show they were putting on through corporate bookmakers, etc., who were betting off the industry and not returning any money. That was a landmark case worldwide because the rest of the sporting world, not just racing, watched what Peter Blanius and Racing New South Wales did. They took that case to the Supreme Court, then to the High Court. A resounding win in the High Court became legislation. That was the start of the turnaround because at that point, Victoria was so far in front of New South Wales Racing, mm. you, you couldn't see Victoria that far in front. That turned the whole ship around for, for New South Wales. In the 10 years since, prize money's gone through the roof. Participation rates have gone through the roof. Betting turnover continues to climb. The sport's in really good shape going forward. So now back just to the um, the Kosciuszko, mm. the country race. Why have they decided that it will be a country race? Look, I think a lot of things about the country is um, they do it tough. We all know that. Um, the prize money levels in country racing are much lower than they are in the city. So, for example, from September 1, every Sydney Saturday race, no matter if it's a stakes race or not, will be worth at least $125,000. That's extraordinary money. But the minimum prize money levels in the country are 22000 That's because, to be fair, Miranda, they're a lower grade of, of racehorse and without putting it in a too fine a tone. So they're not the, the elite. They're not winks. You, you won't find a winks out at Burke or at Lightning Ridge or at Corowa. But... They work just as hard as the city trainers. So it's an aspirational race and it gives them the opportunity to, to race for huge money on the biggest stage in, in Sydney racing now, which is Everest Day. And I think it's a tremendous boost for, for country racing trainers and owners. Yeah, isn't that fantastic? And now I wanted to um, ask you about Winx's return to mm. the track. We finally have a date. Yeah, she'll be barrier trialling next Monday at Rose Hill. So I'll be there bright and early to see her and... She's a rising seven-year-old, Miranda, and she's at this stage on track to resume on August 18. The race was previously known as the Warwick Stakes. It's been renamed in honour of the great mayor herself. It's oh, called the Winx Stakes. Fantastic. It's a group one. Has that ever happened before to a horse? I, I've been scaring the books and yeah. I can't find one. Isn't and, that great? Uh, there's been races named after horses retired, but I've never seen a race named in honour of a horse and she's going to compete in it, which is amazing. If she wins on August 18 at Randwick and is a group one race, that'll be her 26th consecutive win, which breaks the record she currently shares with Black Caviar for oh, her successive really? wins. So yeah. she's number one? If she wins if next she, Oh, if she yeah. wins if she on wins Monday. The stakes, she currently has 25 each with Black Caviar. Right. And in terms of world racing, she's got a bit to go because there was a horse in Puerto Rico called Camarero who won 56 races in succession <laughs> and 73 of his 77 starts. So she's got a bit to go, but isn't it just great to see that here we are in the middle of winter and these freezing cold days and the great mare's not far off a comeback and springs around the corner. And how much longer do you think she can go on? I think this will be her last season right. because she'll be, as I said, a rising seven-year-old on August 1. Um, she hasn't done a lot of racing. She's been very well managed, but you, you just don't go on forever, do you, Miranda? Right. And I, I think... This will probably be her last season and she'll race through into the autumn and hopefully bows out a winner on QE Stakes Day come next April. Lovely, and have a well-deserved retirement. Yeah, there'll be a few suitors, I'm sure, lining up. To... <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> Thanks so much, Thanks Ray. so much, Miranda. And that, of course, was the Daily Telegraph's wonderful racing editor, Ray Thomas. And you can read all about the Kosciuszko online at dailytelegraph.com.au or in the paper where you can find Ray Thomas's golden words anytime and also his tips if you want to win something um, so we'll be back after this with Margaret Keneen 
Ah, relaxing on the couch with a glass of red. Or listening to the footy with Bourbon and the boys. Whatever your style, having a night in is more enjoyable with celebrations. Helping you celebrate. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winger? (laughs) Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from.